The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early, on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Sometimes, sometimes maybe we get stuck in Good Friday and it's hard to get to Easter. Someone has died, perhaps unexpectedly, or there's another shooting, another injustice, and the sadness of Good Friday kind of settles into our bones so that we show up for the party on Easter morning, but maybe deep down we haven't quite gotten to the all-out joyful yet. Some years ago, there was a death in our family. It was right before Easter. And I was feeling pretty low, and I was, of course, tasked with trying to come up with an Easter message, and my heart just really wasn't in it. And then I came across a sermon by the Reverend Dr. Delmer L. Chilton that put a smile on my face. And as I read, I began to feel that joy of gladness flooding into my formerly rather beaten up heart. Here's what Dr. Chilton said. He said that wrestling is like Holy Week. I know, who would have thought it, right? He said wrestling is like Holy Week. I said, huh? But he had my attention. Not some metaphorical, you know, spiritual wrestling of the heart, but we're talking about the Worldwide Wrestling Federation kind of wrestling, where the wrestlers have names like Gold Dust and Bulldog and Iron Sheik and The Hulk and The Undertaker. And when you think about it, as wrestling names go, Pontius Pilate, the Centurion, the Messiah, hey, would fit right in. I have never whoops, there I go again. I have never liked television wrestling, or I didn't, Definitely didn't as a kid. Now I appreciate it a tiny bit more. It led to a fight between me and my cousin Susie one year. She was in the fifth grade. She had written an essay for her class all about wrestling. 
And she had talked about why she loved wrestling and how she loved wrestling because it was like a play, a battle between good and evil, and how the the whole thing was staged because nobody really got hurt. And I think I rolled my eyes. In fact, I am positive I rolled my eyes. And then I might have said that the costumes were stupid. And that I didn't want to see people beating one another up, whether it was fake or not. And then I think I'm pretty sure I added that it was just trashy. Whatever I said made Susie hotter than a fried egg on a Louisiana sidewalk. And she got right up in my face, under my nose, because even though I was two years younger, I was taller. She got right up under my nose with this fierce look on her face and said, you take it back. And then she told me that I was too little and immature to understand. And she turned and stormed out of the room after that. I hate to admit it, but it turns out Susie was right on all counts, which I'm admitting to you, but do not not dare tell her. (laughs) Wrestlers are actors, which is why so many of Hollywood actors started off as wrestlers. And the fights really are these choreographed battles between good and evil. Dr. Chilton calls them carefully scripted morality plays, where the bad guys are always nasty cheats out to destroy the good guys who represent justice and truth. And every fight tells the same story. The matches always start off even, right? And then before long, the good guy starts to get the upper hand. And so then the bad guy starts to fight dirty and cheat. And then the good guy gets thrown around the ring like a rag doll, and the bad guy will force his head between the ropes and just begin to pound him over and over again. And then the other bad guy, someplace out there, jumps into the fray with a chair and crashes it over the good guy's head. And then the whole while, the is oh, this is bad. He is in over his head this time, folks. And finally, the bad guy lifts the good guy in the air, spins him around, slams him to the ground, throws himself down on top of him, pins him in some contortionist hold, And then we watch the good guy begin to thrash around in obvious, seemingly excruciating pain as the referee begins counting. One, two, and then the announcer says, he's down, he's out, folks. This is it, it's over. There's no way he's getting out of this. The crowd is in a frenzy, right? By now, they're all out of their seats. They're crowding the ropes. They're shouting. And then at the last second, the good guy miraculously somehow breaks free and begins to recover, and he wins the day, right? Every wrestling match. And the announcer cries, No! Wait! I can't believe it, folks! He's up! Now, what does any of this have to do with Easter? (laughs) Well, as Chilton points out, 
the Marys and Salome come to the tomb expecting to find a dead body. There is no doubt that Jesus is dead. They have watched as he was tortured and executed. They watched as his body was taken down off the cross. Mary Magdalene had followed at a distance and seen Jesus' shrouded body shoved rather hastily into a tomb just before dark. They had no doubt that Jesus, the Messiah, was dead. And hope had gone into the tomb with him. Mary and the other women felt no joy, no anticipation that first Easter morning. They were not celebrating or singing alleluias because so far it looked like the, the bad guys had won. Chilton calls them the devil, the Romans, the temple authorities, anyone and everyone invested in the status quo. The bad guys have beaten up the good guy, the Messiah. It had all started out as a pretty even fight back in the beginning in Galilee. And then Jesus, the Messiah, had started to get the upper hand, so the bad guys had started cheating. And the bad guys had won by fighting dirty and breaking all the rules. They were cruel. They tortured him, goading him, spitting on him. They took the anointed son of God and tossed him around like a rag doll in the ring. And then they had slammed him on the ground and pinned him to a cross. The crowd was in a frenzy. Some were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Others were just holding their breath. One, two, three. The announcer's voice, it's all over, folks. There's no way he's getting out of this. Life can be really tough. Any number of things can press us down. A woman exhausted from mothering a toddler and working three jobs learns that she's pregnant again. A man starts his third round of chemo. And of course, the world has COVID. And Myanmar is in meltdown. And human traffickers extort money from desperate parents and drop their cargo, human top 14-foot walls. And the count begins. One, two. And Satan is yelling, that's it. It's all over. There is no way they're getting out of this one. But don't be so sure. It's early. It's just after sunrise when the women make their way down to that tomb. They're carrying linen and probably a hundred pounds of spices. Everything they need to prepare Jesus' body for a proper burial. And they are wondering how on earth they are going to get inside that tomb. Because you see there is this giant heavy... You know, this thick, round stone slab that sits in a stone trough that rolls downhill against gravity. So you start with the stone and they roll it into place and it goes down and seals the tomb. You'd have to move that uphill. So they're wondering, who's going to open the tomb 
for them. But when they arrive at the spot, they see, well, that it has already been rolled back. What? Who could have done that? What does it mean? It's not good finding a tomb compromised. We still don't want to go in a cemetery and find a grave broken open, do we? And so they enter cautiously, I imagine. And instead of Jesus' body, there is this young man to your right wearing a white robe. When he terrifies them, and I imagine when they finish screaming, he announces rather calmly, you're looking for Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. That's the voice of the announcer. No. Wait, folks. Wait. He's up. Sin and death have no hold on him anymore. You don't believe it? Look, there's the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he promised. But we already knew how this was going to turn out. The bad guys will always cheat and fight dirty. But in the end, God wins. The good guy is on our side. And because he lives, we shall live also. So whenever you have doubts, or that Good Friday feeling settles into your bones, and you have trouble shaking it off, look past the cross and into the empty tomb because in the tomb there sits a messenger who's saying wait he's up he's going ahead of you to Galilee where the story starts and there he will say I am with you just as I promised above you to bless you beside you to protect you before you to guide you I abide in you and in me you can do all things Amen